your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 560 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On by our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And the Rangers just had themselves a heck of a weekend, did they not? I mean, they go into Tampa Bay, they take down the Lightning 2-1 to one in a game that really could have gone either way, and then they go into Carolina, and they beat the Canes 2 to nothing. Again, another game that could have gone either way. Both games contested with playoff-like atmosphere, playoff-like intensity, Came right down to the wire. I know they beat Carolina two to nothing, but uh, that was because of an empty net goal by Frank Vetrano, his first point as a New York Rangers. So big congratulations to him on that. But it really doesn't get any better than this if you're a fan of this New York Ranger team, as far as just uh, enjoying some great hockey over the weekend. Like I said, you will not have a more difficult back-to-back situation than the one that the Rangers just had, going on the road to play at the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, and then the very next night, less than 24 hours later, in fact, because they played the Lightning at 8, and then they played the Canes at 6, Eastern time at least, and they go in there, and they take care of business there, and they win that game as well. Like I said, just fantastic hockey. lot to break down here. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about uh, that epic finish that happened against Tampa Bay. Mika Zibanejad scoring with 16 seconds left to give the Rangers a late lead in that one. I'm also going to have some final thoughts on the trade deadline because this is actually the last episode that we're going to do before the trade deadline comes and goes. So I'm going to have some final thoughts on that and how the Rangers should approach the deadline and uh, just kind of share those with you guys as well. And uh, of course, then we're going to talk about this game that just concluded the 2 nothing win in Carolina against the Hurricanes. So it's a rare two-for-one special on Lockdown New York Rangers where we talk about two games in one episode and we got to just uh, move right along here because, like I said, as you guys can probably tell, this is a packed episode, a lot going on in Rangerland. So, for starters, uh, props to the Rangers for being able to go 3-0 and once again against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. They do so in dramatic fashion. Time's winding down in the third period there. The Rangers have their sixth power play opportunity of the game. They're 0 for 5 to this point in the game against Tampa Bay. And not only are they 0 for 5, but I would say it's probably about as bad as the Rangers have looked on the power play all season. Maybe, you know, the first week or two weeks of the season, notwithstanding, because obviously the Rangers were just offensively challenged in the early parts of the season. You know, the first eight or ten games or whatever it might have been there, Rangers really scuffled to score some goals, and obviously Igor Shesterkin bailed them out many, many times. But beyond that, as far as, like, recent history, I mean, the Rangers have the number two power play in the NHL, or at least they did when this weekend started. I'm not exactly sure where they are now, and there's actually games going on as I'm recording this, so uh, that could change again by the time I'm done here. But you get the idea. They scuffled. Uh, you got to give some credit to Tampa's penalty kill. 
I thought they were relentless, even though it's really just a middle-of-the-pack unit. In fact, both of Tampa's special teams are middle-of-the-road, which is somewhat surprising given the talent that you're dealing with on that team, especially the power play. Uh, but again, just an absolutely fantastic highlight real goal uh, for Mika Zibanejad. You've got Artemi Panarin carrying the puck to the right side of the rink, and then he stops and passes back to his left. Or, you know, he actually tried to make a pass in deep, and it got deflected almost right back to him. He had to go fish out the puck for a second, but then he attempts to make another pass, and this one's to Mika Zibanejad in the left face-off circle, and Mika's there, and what do you think happened? Yeah, Mika winds back, cranks that one-timer that he's been using all season, and he beats Andre Vasilevsky, and just like that, the Rangers are up 2-1 to one in that game with just uh, 16 seconds remaining. And I also got to call out the Tampa Bay Lightning fans here. They all bailed after this goal was scored. Now, I realize there's only 16 seconds left. The chances of your team scoring a goal in that amount of time are really not that good. But come on. I mean, this team has just won you back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. You're seriously going to do them like that? You're going to bail 16 seconds before the game ends? I, I thought that was absolute nonsense on the part of the Tampa Bay Lightning fans there. But be that as it may, uh, still a very sweet win for the Rangers. And I also got to compliment Ranger Nation for, uh, you know, really representing in both of these arenas. I mean, these are good teams. These aren't, uh, you know, teams whose fan bases are you know, just apathetic, and then they're not paying any attention to what goes on. Uh, both these teams fill their arenas and tend to be pretty loud, but there were a ton of Ranger fans, both in Tampa and also uh, in rally against Carolina in this game here tonight as well. So uh, as far as the rest of the uh, Tampa Bay game goes, again, we're not going to have as much time to break down these games in as much detail as we typically do because this is such a loaded episode, but I did want to talk at least a little bit about everything that happened with Pat Maroon. Uh, there was a situation where... Him and Ryan Lindgren were engaged, and they were kind of both moving back toward uh, the back of the Ranger net, and Lindgren's stick seemed to come up and catch Maroon in the face. Now, I did not uh, see this happening live. I, I didn't see it until the replay, and look, Maroon, if he's upset that a high stick was not called against Lindgren in that situation, that's fair enough, but what does Maroon do about it? He doesn't take any issue with Lindgren. No, he goes behind the Ranger net and basically just checks Igor Shesterkin. Lindgren's not having any of that. Lindgren immediately basically just attacks Maroon, uh, pins him against the boards there. They get their gloves dropped, and they start throwing punches, and unfortunately, you know, I know the linesmen are just trying to do their job, and they're trying to break up this fight, but the one linesman almost had Lindgren's arms pinned, while the other linesman you know, he, he had hold of Maroon, but Maroon's right arm was free, so Maroon at that point could basically just keep punching, and you've got the other linesman basically acting as uh, as Maroon's tag team partner, you know, holding Lingren's arms behind his back. And again, I know it wasn't on purpose, but got to do a little bit of a better job there. You can't hang one guy out to dry there when you're trying to break up a fight. So uh, it is what it is. Later in the game, we saw Maroon and Reeves drop the gloves, fight number three for Ryan Reeves, and I'd say he won this one. He landed a couple of good shots. It's tough because, you know, eventually the fight starts to break down and they're both kind of in a bear hug and Reeves is trying to punch him in the back of the head, but you've got the helmet there and it's, it's probably good that, you know, these players don't have that thing where they both drop their helmet before the fight starts. They don't let them do that anymore, probably for the better, but it's tough, man. You're trying, you're in a fight, you know, you're on skates, you're trying to keep your balance, you're trying to protect yourself and land some punches and you've got to do all this you know, while throwing punches and trying to hit the guy in a place other than his helmet, which is sometimes easier said than done. And I think at least once or twice, Reeves might have gotten a piece of Maroon's helmet. But I mean, as far as the rest of this game, that was pretty much it. Uh, it was another come from behind game, come from behind win rather for the New York Rangers. They were uh, down one to nothing in the first period. 
and came out, you know, got the jump on them early in this game, but they do come storming back, which of course has been their MO this season. And I do want to at least talk a little bit about the game tying goal, this one coming about halfway through the second period, courtesy of Jacob Truba. And you get a situation where, you know, really just a total team effort here. Dryden Hunt is behind the Tampa net and he wins a board battle. He gets the puck out in front to Philip Heedle. Philip Heedle shoots wide. It's not the first time we've seen that. It probably won't be the last. He has played better lately, though. I do have to give some props to Philip Heedle. Uh, that third line in general over these last two games has looked a lot better. They've mostly been going with Goodrow, Heedle, and Hunt. And then in this game against Carolina, they swapped out Hunt. Hunt went down to the fourth line, and Johnny Brodzinski went into his spot. And we'll talk about that more in due time. But getting back to this goal here, I kind of stopped halfway through it. Uh, you have Hedl shoot the puck wide. It comes to Truba along the boards. Truba passes to Lafreniere. Lafreniere carries the puck back to the Ranger blue line, puts it at the net, and, you know, hunts in front. He's providing a screen. Uh, the save is made, but Truba by this point has crashed the net, and he buries it from the doorstep to tie the game at 1-1. to So give assist to Lafreniere and Hedl. Hedl actually gets the assist for shooting wide uh, on this goal, but yeah, great stuff. Uh, big time by Jacob Truba. I believe he has now also set a new career high in goals per season. That was his 10th of the year. Uh, so he joins Barclay Goodrow as, you know, two of a uh, couple different Rangers who have new career highs in goals. I would imagine Lafreniere. Uh, I'd have to look at the list and know how many for sure. But a uh, decent amount of Rangers when this season is all said and done uh, will certainly have new career highs in goals. Uh, Chris Kreider, certainly can't forget about him. That is for sure. Uh, but like I said, you know, I... I Usually go into much more greater detail when we're talking about these games, but we've got two games to get to. I also want to talk a little bit more about Frank Vetrano and his acquisition and what it means for the Rangers going forward because we've only been able to talk about him in bits and pieces so far. So I want to spend at least uh, you know a couple of minutes on Vetrano in just a second. And like I said, we also have to get to the game that just concluded, the 2 nothing win against the Carolina Hurricanes. And we will do all that in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know, Today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I hated taking vitamins and pills, and I wanted a supplement that actually tasted good, and I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. In fact, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. 
right, so like I said, wanted to talk a little bit more about the Frank Vetrano acquisition due to uh, various circumstances. We've only been able to talk about him in little pieces here and there. In our second most recent episode, we had a situation where the episode was recorded, and I just added a quick, uh, you know, maybe two minutes of thoughts about him. And then, of course, in our most recent episode, we did a crossover with Mr. Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders, and we had an entire game to break down. And of course, I talked a little bit about Vetrano in that one too. But to finally spend some uh, actual time on him that goes beyond just a minute or two, uh, for starters, let me just say that uh, it's not the trade that I was expecting. You know, you do a trade with uh, the Florida Panthers, a team that has designs of winning the Stanley Cup this season. You don't really see that around this time of the season. You know, a buyer making a trade with a fellow buyer. But with all that said, I'm very happy to welcome Frank Vetrano to the New York Rangers. He's now played three games with the team. I thought his best game was against the Islanders, uh, the first game that he spent there. He had a chance to get an assist on a what would be a goal by Panarin. Unfortunately, Ilya Sorokin made a save of the year candidate, and so uh, it didn't happen. But he did draw a penalty in that game. He blocked a shot that, you know, was just a slap shot right off of, uh, I think it was like his hip area. Uh, he looked good. He was all over the ice, showed some speed, some impressive speed. He's got a heck of a shot, both a slap shot and a wrist shot. They both look good to me. Uh, so I'm very, very happy to bring him in, especially when you consider the fact that the Rangers only had to give up a fourth-round pick to get him. And not only that, but the Rangers, you know, before this trade was made, they had two fourth-round picks going into the draft, uh, this upcoming draft. They have their own pick, and they also have a fourth-round pick of the Winnipeg Jets. And the way this is going to work, whichever draft pick is the better of the two will be the one that the Rangers keep, and the Florida Panthers will get the second of the two fourth-round draft picks. And if things stay the way they are, it certainly looks like the Rangers will hang on to the Winnipeg Jets' fourth-rounder, and their own fourth-rounder will go to Florida. But once again, I don't see how you can argue against a trade like this. If you are hoping that the Rangers are not yet done and that, that this isn't the biggest move that they're going to make, I totally get that. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I hope that the Rangers, like I said, have at least one more big move in them. You know, between now and the, and the trade deadline tomorrow afternoon, Monday afternoon. Uh, but again, the price was right. How can you argue with a fourth rounder for Frank Vitrano? This is somebody that has stepped right into the second line. Uh, we talked about how the Rangers certainly need some more depth scoring. And we also have talked about how the Rangers need to beef up the right wing position a little bit because right now they're playing without any right wings that are scoring threats. I mean, I know Lafreniere is playing the right side, but that is somewhat out of necessity because the Rangers don't have anybody else to put there. And uh, Vetrano comes in and he immediately steps right into a top six role. It'll be very interesting to see how they handle him when Capo Caco comes back. I would think... You know, it might depend on how Vetrano does going forward here with Panarin and with Strom. If he's really firing on all cylinders and he's really clicking with them and they're setting him up for some one-timers and he's cranking those home, then maybe Capo Caco comes back and he actually goes on to the third line and now you've spread out the scoring a little bit. Uh, if you don't do that, if you want to throw Caco back out there with Strom and Panarin, I think that works as well. But now you've got Vetrano on the third line. And if you put uh, Vetrano on the third line right now, I think he's probably the biggest scoring threat out of any of them. And again, Philip Hedl has played better lately. Julian Gauthier now seems to be completely out of the picture. I mean, it's just a numbers game, and uh, somebody had to come out of the lineup when Frank Vetrano went into the lineup. That turns out to be uh, Julian Gauthier. But for the foreseeable future, I think we're going to see more of the same. Frank Vetrano is going to play on the second line with Artemi Panarin and Ryan Stroman. I think that's how it should be. I have talked... You know, even before this trade for Vetrano, how I was really hoping the Rangers would acquire a right winger who is a big-time sniper, somebody who can just flat-out shoot the puck, because when you're line mates with Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin, you're going to get some pretty amazing passes, and uh, anybody that's got a big-time dangerous shot can certainly take advantage of circumstances such as those. And with Vetrano, uh, you know, again, he 
isn't a superstar player by any stretch. He has played 381 career NHL games, and in that time, he has 157 points, so less than a half point per game player. But one thing that really stands out is kind of the imbalance between goals and assists, because of those 157 points for Frank Vitrano, 93 of them are goals, 64 of them are assists. So another way to look at this is he has basically a third of a goal per game played for his entire career. This is somebody that can flat out shoot the puck. And like I said, uh, you put a sniper out there with Panarin and Strom, they should be able to take advantage of circumstances such as those. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he can do uh, with Panarin and Strom going forward. Like I said, I hope the Rangers aren't done. I hope this is kind of the undercard and we get the main event tomorrow as far as you know, the Rangers potentially uh, acquiring a big name, big time player to help with the stretch run here, and of course, the Stanley Cup playoff tournament, which leads me into the next thing that I want to talk about, and that's just general thoughts about the trade deadline and how the Rangers should be uh, handling this, because we've obviously talked about this, you know, going back the last few weeks, the last few months, really, we're always kind of keeping an eye on this, and you know, who could the Rangers look to add, and who would really help this team? I think the Rangers should look to bring in a fairly significant piece before the deadline comes and goes. I understand not wanting to sell the farm for a rental player. I understand not wanting to pay more in general for someone than you feel like you should have to. And I understand that the Rangers are very young and that this championship window should be open for several seasons to come here. However, just because it looks like that, it looks like the Rangers are really set up for success both this season and for seasons to come. Just because it looks like that does not necessarily guarantee that it will come to fruition. It's possible, and I, don't, I wouldn't say that it's likely, but it's at least possible that we look back one day on this era of Ranger hockey and we say, wow, you know, 2021, 2022, what a team. That was uh, the best team that the Rangers put together during that era. They played the best. They had the best record. They had the best seed in the playoffs. That was really their chance to go do it. I don't want this to come and go without the Rangers, once again, adding a fairly significant piece. Because when you look at this team right now, and I realize it's easy to say this after they just swept a back-to-back against the Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes, but can anyone really point to a glaring weakness on this team? I would have said backup goalie, and maybe that still is a weakness, but Alex Georgiev just had a 44-save shutout, one of the best performances of his career. I would say depth pieces and secondary scoring, but you've somewhat rectified that situation with Vetrano, and if you bring in one or two more pieces, one or two more guys that can fill out the third line, uh, make this team a little bit better as far as depth is concerned— I think you've got a Stanley Cup contender. I mean, what is really missing at that point? I know the Rangers are very, very young at defensemen. You know, nobody is older than, I think Patrick Nemeth, the oldest one, he's 29. Uh, everybody else is very young, very inexperienced. They don't have the playoff, uh, you know, chops that some other teams do. But I don't think a young team is incapable of winning the Stanley Cup, you know, just because they're young. Are there any other weaknesses? I mean, maybe you could say the sixth defenseman is a little bit of a weakness because Patrick Nemeth has not been great this season. Although, since he's been back from COVID, I certainly think he's played a little bit better. And you could probably get by with him as a sixth defenseman. And even if you don't want to roll with Nemeth, then maybe that's one of your trade targets that you look at tomorrow is bring in a defenseman to take his place in the lineup and maybe uh, ship Nemeth out in either that same trade or a different trade. Um, So again, I, I don't, really see a weakness when I look at this team. And when you look around the NHL, a lot of deals have already happened. And there's a lot of teams that are making themselves better. Certainly the Florida Panthers, they've made a couple of moves. They look to be a serious contender if they weren't already. Uh, I get the feeling that we're going to see a free agent frenzy 
tomorrow, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I just hope that the Rangers are in on it, and I hope that they at least bring in one more fairly significant piece. And another way to look at this is, yes, once again, it does look like the Rangers are going to be set up for several years going forward. This championship window should stay open for some time, but... When is Chris Kreider ever going to have a season like this again? You know, Kreider's 30 years old. He just scored his 41st goal of the season in this game against the Carolina Hurricanes. However many goals that he ends up with at the end of the season, I think it's going to end up being a career high for him. It already is a career high, but what I'm saying is I don't think that he'll top it going forward. And I think he's going to be a great player for the Rangers for many years to come. I don't know that he's ever going to score as many goals as he's going to end up with this season ever again. Igor Shesterkin, for my money, the absolute best goalie in hockey, the slam dunk Vesna winner, somebody that should be in the Hart Trophy conversation as well, and somebody who I think going forward, there's no goalie in hockey that I would give, that I would take onto the Rangers in exchange for Igor Shesterkin, especially when you factor in uh, the age and the fact that he's just getting started and just looks like he's going to be a phenomenal uh, perennial all-star goalie, but is he ever going to have a season quite like this again, where he's got a save percentage bordering on 950? I mean, I think it's at like 930-something right now, and is he ever going to have another season where he's got a goals against average that has hovered around two all year, and I think right now might even be slightly below two. It's right around two. That's the bottom line. So there's those two. There's also guys like Panarin and like Mika Zibanejad. Now, again, both of them are still fairly young. You know, Panarin's 30. I believe Mika is 29, and they both have a lot of fantastic hockey in front of them. They're going to be tremendous players for this Ranger team for many, many years to come, but you know, right now, they are basically at their prime. I, I mean, and again, they'll probably have similar production next season and the season after that, but these are still two bona fide superstars in the prime of their career. Uh, Adam Fox, now he's just getting going, but I mean, again, having just an absolutely phenomenal season for the Rangers, uh, you look at somebody like Ryan Strom, Ryan Strom might be gone after this season. He's an impending UFA, and if Strom leaves in free agency, the Rangers might not have a second-line center next season, at the start of the next season, that's as good as Ryan Strom. You look at Jacob Truba having one of the best seasons of his career. You look at Barclay Goodrow having one of the best seasons of his career. Even somebody like Dryden Hunt, if you really want to kind of dive into the depth pieces here, uh, look, not a superstar, but he's never had this big of a role on any team that he's ever played on. He does have 15 points in 58 games. Um, you know, Keandre Miller really coming into his own. Lafreniere, better this season than he was last year. I mean, I don't know. There's part of me that thinks that the Rangers should really go for him. We'll see how they look to approach this. Again, I think you can make this team a lot better if you just come out of the trade deadline with a better third line. I think that's really all it would take because the top six on the Rangers, uh, once everybody's healthy, it's about as good as just about any team in hockey. It's certainly up there. You can re-fortify the third line. And the fourth line, they're going to do their thing. They're going to hit. They're going to establish a physical tone. We know that. The defensemen are great. And Igor Shesterkin is in the running for the heart. So, Give me one reason why this team can't possibly win a Stanley Cup this year. I think it's at least possible. And I think the Rangers need to, uh, you know, factor in everything that I just said there. When it comes time to deciding whether or not to pull the trigger on a trade uh, at or near the deadline on Monday afternoon. But once again, we're going to keep talking about the Rangers and break down everything that happened between the Rangers and the Hurricanes in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again, as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. 
And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Built Bar. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we got to go ahead and break down this 2 to nothing win against the Carolina Hurricanes. This game, in fact, just concluded a short time ago here. And we got to start with who else? Alex Georgiev turning in just an absolutely sensational effort, a 44-save shutout. I would say certainly his best game of the season and maybe the best game of his career. The Rangers have been mixing him in a little bit more frequently. And if you listen to Alex Georgiev, that's certainly a good thing for him. He talked about how it's tough to, uh, you know, stay sharp when you're only playing every so often. And I'm okay with the Rangers going with Georgiev here because once again, it's the second game of a back-to-back. This serves many purposes. It gives Igor Shosturkin a little bit of a breather. And obviously the Rangers, as it pertains to the playoff standings, they are seemingly in the clear. Certainly seems like they're going to be going to the postseason this year. I realize they're still you know, a, a division championship potentially and just seeding in general to worry about. Uh, but the Rangers are going to be a playoff team, and I don't think it makes sense to run Igor into the ground before the season ends, the regular season, that is. And, you know, Igor's had some injuries, so it just makes sense to get him a day off every here and there. Uh, by that same token, I don't know if Alex Georgiev is still going to be a Ranger at this time tomorrow. Obviously, the trade deadline is coming up. It's possible that he gets shipped uh, somewhere else to a goalie needy team. Uh, if that happens, then all the best to Alex Georgiev. If that does not happen, however, uh, then he's still going to be a Ranger, and the Rangers are going to need him uh, to be strong down the stretch here, and potentially if he has to be called on in the playoffs. If anything happens to Igor, uh, Alex Georgiev would have to be ready to go for the playoffs. So the Rangers have to get him right. And on top of that, you know, I just mentioned the whole trade situation. The fact that he just posted a 44-save shutout against the Canes, not to mention the fact that he won his most recent start before this one, his trade stock is at least somewhat back on the ri- the rise, excuse me. So if the Rangers do want to move him, uh, they're now, they've got a leg to stand on. Whereas when he was giving up four, five, six goals every night, they didn't have a leg to stand on at all. So we'll see how this all shakes out, but it was obviously great to see Alex Gurriev really come up clutch and uh, see a goalie other than Igor Shesterk and steal a win for the Rangers. Because I would call this one a stolen win. Against the Lightning, you know, I thought that was a pretty evenly played game all throughout. Igor Shesterkin was awesome. So was Andre Vasilevsky. But I thought the Rangers won that game straight up. Very, very evenly played. This one, I have to give the edge to the Carolina Hurricanes, especially when you consider this stat. Halfway through the game, 
the Canes had a 26-4 advantage in shots on net. And I realize shots on goal is not the end-all be-all. It is something of a flawed stat. Doesn't always determine how the game is going. But 26-4 is 26-4. And uh, when you watch that game, it was very indicative of uh, how everything was unfolding. But Alex Georgiev was awesome. He made some fantastic saves kept the Rangers in the game, gave them a chance to take the lead and ultimately go on for the win. And in fact, I do want to mention uh, the Rangers' first goal of the game here. But first, I actually got to mention what should have been their first goal of the game and was not because the ref blew his whistle for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Basically, Puck took a funny bounce. It went from alongside the Carolina net to going on net. Anderson stopped it, but he's off balance. He's falling all over himself, basically. He's at the side of the net. He knows he's near the puck, so he does that thing that goalies do sometimes when the puck's behind them. They'll try to just lay down, you know, flat back on top of it, basically, and that's what he tried to do, but he missed it. He was never on the puck. He takes his glove, and he's reaching kind of like behind his head to try to feel for the puck, get his glove on top of it, uh, whatever it might be, and he's not able to do that either. Goudreau's behind the net, uh, but Philip Heedle's actually the one who comes away with the puck, and he passes in front to Johnny Brodzinski. Brodzinski has the puck, and he puts it into the net, while Freddie Anderson is laying flat on his back on the side of the net, completely out of position, has no chance of stopping this, but the ref, for one reason or another, blew his whistle while Philip Heedle was passing in front to Johnny Brodzinski. Uh, just a really quick whistle there, and it's funny because the ref was actually in position to call this. He, he was there. He couldn't have been more than like five feet away from the puck when uh, Anderson was trying to get to it, and he backed away from it, and I think the reason he backed away from it is he wanted to get out of the way of, you know, all the players and everything, which is certainly understandable, but this whistle never should have blown. I mean, every player on the ice could have told you that Freddie Anderson did not have control of this puck. Nobody let up even for a second. Usually when the goalie has it, the players are all kind of, they'll either let up or there might be like a scrum in front of the net because, you know, the the team on, on the attack is trying to get the puck loose and knock it into the net. The goalie's teammates are trying to prevent them from doing that and, you know, protect their goalie. None of that was happening. Everybody was still playing hockey. And like I said, Philip Heedle passed in front to Brodzinski, an easy tapping goal, but unfortunately uh, it did not count because the, whist- the ref, excuse me, had blown his whistle. Fortunately, just a minute or two after this, we get Chris Kreider in front of the net. You'll never believe what happened. Another deflection goal for Chris Kreider makes it one to nothing Rangers with 421 left in the second period. Kreider won the faceoff here. You had Lafreniere passing the puck back to the blue line, and Truba takes a shot, and Kreider tips it home. Just as simple as that. And Kreider now tied with Leon Dreisaitl as of this recording for number two in the league with 41 goals. And obviously huge here. You know, if you watch this second period, the Rangers slowly but surely began to change the momentum of this game because in the first period, it was all Canes. For the first, you know, seven or eight minutes of the second period, it was still all Canes. Uh, the Rangers bent but didn't break, and obviously Alex Georgiev had a ton to do with that. But, you know, the Rangers, uh, around the midway point of the second period, if you watch this game closely, they started to spend a little bit more time on Carolina's side of the ice. They seemed to have longer possessions in the attacking zone. They started to create scoring chance here, scoring chance there. They were slowly but surely working their way back into the game. And of course, it pays off in the form of this goal here. Alex Georgiev had to make another big save near the end of the second period, kept the Rangers uh, on top one to nothing at that point. And then the third period, first seven or eight minutes of this, was all Carolina. They were swarming. Alex Georgiev made so many good saves here. I don't even know where to start. He made a really nice glove save against Kakaniemi early in the third period. And, you know, it was from point blank range. Basically just made it look easy. He just reached up and snagged it. And then uh, this was really nice as well. By this point, the Canes have pulled their goalie. 
Uh, about a minute 45 left, and Georgiev made just a fantastic left pad save against Sebastian Ajo. It was kind of a follow-the-bouncing-puck kind of play, but it went right to Ajo in front of the Ranger net, and Georgiev had to very quickly kick out his left pad, prevent the puck from going in, and uh, obviously kept the Rangers on top one to nothing there. The Rangers took an icing. Uh, they're back on their heels a little bit here, but they're mostly keeping the uh, scoring opportunities to a minimum in the final minute or whatever's left at this point. And then there's a face-off with 49 seconds left. Mika Zibanejad on this face-off. He really had to fight for this puck. It was one of those where, you know, the two centers kind of tie each other up and the puck is at their feet. But Mika keeps fighting, he keeps fighting, and he lifts the puck off the glass and out of the zone. And that's when Vitrano picked it up in stride after the Hurricanes could not hold the puck in the zone. And Vitrano's got nothing in front of him except open ice, puts the puck in. 2 to nothing with 41 seconds left, and that was indeed the final score. So, uh, again, just two fantastic wins for the Rangers over the weekend here. Cannot say enough about the job that they did. Hanging tough, winning tough, low-scoring, gritty, occasionally nasty, grinded-out type games against two bonafide Stanley Cup contenders on the road in a back-to-back. Does not get any better than that, and I'm hoping that the Rangers, once again, will make at least one fairly significant move uh, ahead of Monday's trade deadline. Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed there, and we'll see what ends up happening. Either way, we'll be back to break it all down in our next episode, but that will pretty much do it for tonight, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.